My name is Emily Harris, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. This is a new show. We're calling it the Culture Wrap-Up to go along with our news wrap-up. I'm Alec Cowan. I'm Sarah Davies, Arts and Culture Editor. And we are here to obviously talk about culture, the culture wrap-up, culture wrap, not like a culture burger. It's a little more health conscientious, a little leaner. The lettuce wrap. The culture lettuce wrap. Yep. Going to be a spinoff show coming summer 2018. But we are here today to talk about some of our favorite shows of fall thus far. And Sarah Rosa, what do you have? So I think I've talked about this in podcasts before, but I really love Broad City. Um, I think it's a fantastic show that takes a lot of different things about being a modern woman, about being a modern person in general. And well, Broad City is the show about two young Jewish women in New York. And they're just these like crazy, like stoner young women. And they're, they're in their late 20s, but they're... Um, they're very funny, and the show has kind of gone through, gotten a little more serious with each season. The first season started out kind of as a slacker stoner comedy with, like, some really weird jokes about, like, orgasms and stuff. And this last season, ever since Trump has been elected, um, has been a really interesting piece of political TV. The show has definitely kept its sense of humor, but it's also brought in some dark themes of, like, what's happening to people's sexuality now that Trump's elected. There's this most recent episode, uh, this Wednesday's episode, was called Witches, and it features Alana, who's this very sexually free character who is, like, always having sex with everyone. And she she realizes she hasn't orgasmed since the election. And in the show, they bleep out the word Trump for this season. It's been an interesting political move they made. But they essentially, she goes to visit a sex therapist and the sex therapist is like, yeah, orgasms have been down 140% since the election. And it's just this weird, like... So it's, it seems kind of like it's almost this, you know, I, I've never seen Broad mm-hmm. City. And it seems, as you're kind of describing this to me, like it's almost kind of like a stoner, sexually liberated woman take on election politics, which is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, the whole show hasn't been that in general, but yeah this most recent season has there's a lot of the literal first first scene of this season is them being escorts at like a planned parenthood to help you know to to support women who are going to go get abortions and against protesters and alana who's probably the more stoner one out of the other she blows the smoke in like one of the protesters eyes and he goes I've changed. <laughs> and it's yeah, it's definitely this kind of like this it, it's a really goofy show in general, but this last season has had a weird tinge of seriousness mixed with that goofiness and I don't know if I like it or not. I do. I mean, I like I like anything that's a political commentary, but sometimes it feels a little forced. I love I think it's really interesting, but it's also kind of like made the show a little sad and it's one of those shows I go to when I want to pick me up when I want to feel liberated as a woman and I'm like, "Oh, reality's starting to seep in." Yeah, and certainly kind of following the trend a little bit of shows post-election, mm-hmm. things like American Horror Story, uh, Mr. Robot even includes in the latest season some references to Trump in the election. So certainly a trending topic is trying to find different angles and kind of lenses to see what living in a 
a Donald Trump world is like. Yeah, it's interesting because I was thinking about once after he's elected how art was going to change. And I think it's it's been different than I thought it would. Um, like the, the show Broad City, this is usually based in the summer, but they made this season in the winter for whatever reason. And it's like it their the outfits are changed and everything. And it's like it's affecting literally every facet of the show, whether you can see it directly or not. What about what's your show you've been liking this fall? So I have BoJack Horseman season four, which came out early September. And I mean, I have loved BoJack Horseman since the first season. And this latest season honestly just went over the top for me. I mean, it was everything I didn't know I wanted, which is Hmm. such a cliche line to say, but it really is. And I think one of the, you know, if you've never seen BoJack Horseman, one of the great things is, of course, it's an animated TV show, a Netflix original starring Will Arnett, very popular Netflix original that's, you know, in its fourth season now. So kind of was there for the dawn of, you know, what we consider now a pretty common Netflix original and an animated TV show. So it's kind of living in the world of, you know, Rick and Morty, of, you know, what Simpsons and South Park kind of paved the road for. And, you know, it it follows kind of this this typical storyline of kind of a washed up actor trying to relive his old days, you know, kind of trying to get this, you know, backlight of what it's like to be a celebrity. And, you know, it's very, it's definitely dramedy. It's, you got a ton of emotional impact and also a ton of really great comedy in it. So, you know, one of the things I think that's really interesting about season four is that it is incredibly emotional. I mean, I I think way more than any of the previous seasons have been. And that's probably why it's so great for me. And it's like, it's just this show that really blends comedy and drama incredibly well and very seamlessly so i mean this season got a 96 percent on rotten tomatoes and in this season you have a lot of really deep character development to characters who really in the last couple seasons have been on the periphery so i mean you have bojack's mom who has obviously played a huge role throughout the seasons already you know we get kind of a backstory for her we actually get some really humanizing context for her character and it really kind of changes the context for everything she's appeared in since and you know that's kind of the whole theme i see i see in this season is that there's development of characters who are kind of to the side odd who is now kind of exploring asexuality you know the show really tries to tackle that topic um i mean it's tackled a lot of important topics in the past like abortion in season three but asexuality is kind of something new i mean not Mm -hmm. just necessarily you know, asexuality is something we don't hear a lot about and explores that pretty well. We get Princess Carolyn, who is Bojack's agent for a while, who is now managing her own agency. You know, she has to deal with having uh, a pregnancy, with finding a committed relationship and kind of almost having to perfect this balance between being a working woman and having a home life and kind Mm. of dealing with those stereotypes. So, you know, it tackles a lot of great things and it does it incredibly well. There's also a lot of experimentation. I mean, there's a great, I mean, one of the things I really like about animated shows are the ways that you can diversify how you receive that. I mean, you're kind of talking about how art changes in the Trump presidency. You know, animated shows like Adventure Time, like BoJack, do a lot of things where they'll experiment with animation style, and that changes mm-hmm. the entire kind of reception of the show itself. So you have one episode in season four that is trying to contextualize BoJack's anxiety, and it does it through this wacky animation style. It's completely different from the normal style. And that's just a really interesting way that I think animated mediums can really express these different emotions and feelings and also, you know, kind of exemplify the different art forms that go into animation that's really interesting that you mentioned that that there's this different animation style because in this 
and this season of Broad City, which is a you know a live show, there's actual actors. They had a half of an episode because the the characters take shrooms, um, and the person who illustrates the the opening sequence illustrated. He's an artist in New York. He illustrated half of the episode, so half of the episode is in illustrations, these wild, wacky illustrations, and it's so different than the rest of the show. I mean, I'm not used to seeing half of a show I love so much that has these real characters in it illustrated and, like, they're tripping. I mean, that's interesting that that's a parallel in these two shows that are very different but also very similar in some ways. Yeah, definitely, and it kind of gives homage to what might be a little bit of a forgotten art form in the age of live action and CGI is actual, you know, hand-drawing shows. Well, on the note of BoJack Horseman being this, like, this really serious show from what you're telling me from this last season. I've only seen the first season, and I noticed that it dealt with some dark stuff, but I always thought it kind of approached it from this ha-ha-ha sarcasm humor way. So it's really interesting to hear that it's kind of gone into a sincere path in some ways, which is not what I would expect, but also kind of like, again, like what you said before, it's you didn't know you wanted it until you had it, you know? Yeah, and actually, you know, for those who have tried to get into BoJack Horseman and maybe... Couldn't get very far. The first season on Rotten Tomatoes is rated at 56%. It's <laughs> its worst season. And, you know, the premise is, well, we live in a world with anthropomorphic animal people who are, like, television stars. So it's kind of a hard premise to just, like, pitch to someone and latch on to. But, you know, season two had 100%. Season three had 100%. And then season four with a 96 um, So... It definitely has progressed and really found its its niche, really found its grounding in what it wants to be. And that's really a great blend between like witty and, you know, punny humor. I mean, there are so many animal puns in it and I just I love it every time. And it's not always overt. Like, you know, we have this age of Rick and Morty where you have a lot of these fans who are obsessed with being like in the in group who who actually understand all the references and are kind of like, I guess, esoterically all knowing in some way. But, like, Bojack Horseman has writing that I would argue is a lot subtler and even more jam-packed with puns and references and, like, very witty humor that Rick and Morty really doesn't do. I mean, mm-hmm. you can you can watch Bojack Horseman and, you know, there's there'll be a slide joke and you'll get it. You know, it's very pop culture aware, very politically aware. So, you know, you get those, but then you have to look at the setting. Like, there's posters on the wall where it's, like, uh, when Harry met Sally, but it's, like, when Tabby met some other like breed of cat. So there's like, there's just like these small little sly things they insert in every single scene that aren't just overt and you really have to pay attention to. Mm. So that's one of the things I really love. And I, I would argue that, you know, it has a more witty and a more kind of, it, it rewards the audience with understanding its references more than Rick and Morty does. I would argue. Yeah. From what I, I've seen from both shows. Yeah. <laughs> and I like Rick and Morty. I mean, I love it, but I, you know, after season four of BoJack Horseman, I think it might be one of my top three shows that you can see just out in the world right now. Wow. So, I mean, it... it well, you've convinced me to continue. It, it killed me this season. It's it's so emotionally packed. And also, you know, it shares my hate of Honeydew. I don't know how many Honeydew references there are, but I love it because BoJack and his family just hate Honeydew. Like the melon? Like the melon, yeah. How do you hate Honeydew? How do you like Honeydew? It's like it plays sidecar to cantaloupe. Like it's always just there. Okay, but, but nobody a- wants Honeydew. Nobody wants you, Alec. <laughs> no, I'm joking. That was mean. Too real. We started fighting about Honeydew. <laughs> it's okay. That's where the lines are drawn. Yeah. But one of the great things over season three and four are these great tongue twisters, and specifically in season four with actress Courtney Port- 
Courtney Portnoy. So I have some of them here, and you know, Courtney Portnoy is trying to make all these movies with Princess Carolyn, and uh, who is her agent. And so we have this line here that goes. But Courtney, more importantly, audiences are going to adore your tour de force performance as the forceful denim-clad court reporter and the court reporter sported jorts, the jet-setting jorts sporting court reporter story. And they just list these off just casually, and it's just all these plays on on movie titles. Um, this one, uh, a movie called about a transgender Teddy Roosevelt called Planes, Trains, and Automobiles remake. Planes, Trans, A Man, A Canal, Panama? And it's just like... <laughs> There are just all these, it's such witty humor. It's such just enjoyable humor. And it's sly and it's smooth. And that's what I love about Bojack Horseman. And, you know, the creator, Raphael Bob Waxford, Wakesford, said that Bojack Horseman could be something like The Simpsons, where it mm -hmm. goes on, you know, indefinitely. You don't see an ending for it, which, I mean, I was surprised because I was, you know, every time they renew a season, it is renewed for a fifth season. I'm always scared that it's just going to end because it doesn't feel like, mm -hmm. like it's just so jam-packed of, great writing you don't f really feel like it could go on for that long but if it does i will be really impressed and he is a big fan of the simpsons uh he actually had a really cool 15 tweet poem titled does marge have friends which was this really like heartbreaking ode to marge simpson and yeah i mean it's just everything about it is is awesome and i can't wait to see more wow you are a bojack horseman <laughs> yeah it's true yeah that's all I have for today. Next week, we can talk more about Broad City and Bojack Horseman or some other things. Yeah, so we'll try and bring on some other arts and culture writers, some other folks, and, you know, try and just explore a lot. I think fall this year is a great, has a, a lot of great lineups for some great shows. So we will be back next week with some more information, some more awesome commentary, I hope. So... Once again, I'm Alec Cowan. I'm Sarah Davies. And you can find other episodes from the Emerald Podcast Network on iTunes and SoundCloud, or you can stream them directly from dailyemerald.com. Thank you for listening.